today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Some good news for the people of London. Uh, the long-awaited good news for an awful lot of people, too. After years of tumultuous planning, London's first permanent supervised consumption facility will soon open. And a joint news conference hosted by the Middlesex London Health Unit uh, and local officials that announced that the Ontario government has approved an application for a consumption and treatment service center. It's going to be at 446 York Street. I'm sure many people know that already because it's been a very contentious debate over a period of time. Joining us to talk about this is Dr. Christopher Mackey. Uh, Dr. Mackey, of course, is the Medical Officer of Health for the Middlesex London Health Unit. Uh, doctor, thanks so much for the time. Good to have you with us today. Sure, thanks uh, and congratulations on this. I mean, this is not easy. I, I, I don't know when we're going to get to the point where the stigma is going to be released about this because these uh, sites and, and the programs offered here are so necessary, yet there always seems to be pushback from community members who maybe to their credit are maybe not as informed about some of the things and some of the needs that are, are necessary here. But uh, you have to go through some hoops, and it takes a little bit of time. But uh, given the number of, of people that are actually going to benefit from this, it's worth it, isn't it? It's, it's such a relief to be at this place, Phil, and it really will make a difference in our community. You know, I get it. I remember when I first heard about supervised consumption when I was training out in, in Vancouver uh, 15 years ago, it seemed like a pretty crazy idea uh, that you would bring people into a place and let them you know, use street drugs or other illegal drugs. Um, but you just can't argue with the data. The research is really consistent. Not only does this sort of service save lives, but it becomes a gateway through which people can walk into other services, whether it's housing or mental health, that really transform people's lives. And, and a lot of the time, and, and I'm trying to be fair about this, like I say, people may just not know uh, just what's offered and, and how efficient these places are. Uh, and, and as you say, for the uninformed, I mean, they're, they're going to form their own opinions based on what limited knowledge they may or may not have. I, I mean, I can even recall back during the, the provincial election campaign for a couple of years ago, uh, then, you know, contender and, and you know, soon-to-be Premier Doug Ford, uh, basically gave a thumbs down to these things. And he says, no, I don't want to fund these things. They just encourage uh, drug use. And he, he says, I want to get people well. That's, that's the end game here, isn't it, to get people well? Absolutely. And, you know, what we know is you can't rehab if you're dead. So, you know, keeping people alive is that first step. And the, the harm reduction model is really meant to connect with people on their human level. You, you treat people like human beings and they start, you know, acting like human beings. So often people fall through the cracks and, and frankly get treated like animals depending on, you know, what service they're interacting with. And when you, when you develop as, the, the, the whole principle behind harm reduction is going back to that basic human kindness, you know, even treating people in those interactions with love when they may not have been ever treated like that by the system, uh, it can really transform folks. And and I think that's why Doug Ford, you know, changed his policy perspective on the mm -hmm. issues because we, we could demonstrate that we not only get people, uh, keep them alive, but get them well. Um, you know, the first 150 days of our temporary site, we referred 150 people into drug treatment. So we really are getting people, uh, you know, connected with services that will help them move on with their lives. Did, did the focus on the opioid crisis that started actually a couple of years ago now, uh, did that open people's eyes to, to the problem and the magnitude of the problem? For sure. And I think you really saw a change in perspective when people realized that it's it's their friends, their 
loved ones, their neighbors who are being affected by the crisis, whether it's directly or indirectly. Um, in our community, we've seen uh, so many people lost that you, you know, it only takes one or two degrees of separation to see the actual impact that the opioid crisis has had here. So uh, that's really affected people's hearts and minds and, and opened them up to a new way of thinking here. Well, I mean, absence of, of these facilities, um, you know, you've got people that are, are, let's face it, I mean, it's an addiction. They're hooked on these things. Uh, and and if, if they don't have a facility like this that, that they can use, uh, they're buying it from God knows who. Uh, what they're buying, they have no idea exactly what it is. Uh, they're injecting themselves in, in alleyways late at night. And uh, all too often they end up, as you say, you know, dying because of this. And, you know, at some point we have to develop a strategy. And I think we have developed a strategy strategy on how to make sure that that doesn't happen. Absolutely. This sort of service is a big step. Uh, it's uh, obviously not for everybody, but we do get people from all walks of life. Uh, there are people that come to the temporary site uh, in uh, downtown London that are on the way to work in the morning or on a lunch break. Um, it, it affects you know people from you know, many different disciplines and backgrounds. So uh, it's, it's just it's really fantastic to have this uh, service as a, sort of a, a doorway people can walk through. Well, and I think the title of you know when we start looking at these things, I mean, it's a consumption and treatment service. Uh, it's it's not just uh, as some people characterized it when we were having the debate in Hamilton a couple of years ago, a place where people can shoot up. That's that's not what this is about. It's about treatment, uh, and it's about consulting. It's about offering services, offering advice for people that need it in situations like this. And it covers the gamut, doesn't it? I mean, we're talking about people that are are, are hooked on different substances. I mean, it could be alcohol. It could be painkillers. It could be any number of different things. Yeah, and, and I think that, you know, when the government redesigned, the new government redesigned the program, uh, we, we work with them to show them what the model in here in London look like. And, and it's really, it's not just about the one service, and it's not even just about the wraparound services for the clients, which is really important, but it's also looking at how to have a positive impact in the community. You know, we do uh, needle cleanups, so we're, we're aiming to reduce needle waste, there's uh, strong security protocols in place in case there are any issues with neighbors. There's uh, an aftercare room, so once the people have used, they're not kicked right back on out on the street. They have a place to be, to get themselves together, and uh, and you know hopefully reduce any of the, uh, the the predatory behavior that happens to people when they're high, uh, or any of the disruptive behaviors that they might be engaged in. You know, we were talking about uh, the, some of the bad old days when, when some of the public figures and political figures who would, you know, be making the determinations about whether or not these facilities were going to exist uh, and how there's been a change. And, and you're absolutely right. To his credit, the Premier certainly changed his attitude about this. Uh, and it was gratifying to see that one of the big champions you had for the, with this site and the new site, the permanent site, uh, was Mayor Holder, who, who's really championed this through City Council. Yes, and I mean, you know, in a previous life, Mayor Holder was in... Uh, you know, a cabinet that didn't support this sort of service, but he has been a huge supporter and and actually really helped. I mean, I don't think we would be where we are without his support. Um, the government had made a decision that the location we chose didn't fit, uh, and the mayor really lobbied uh, and got the Minister of Health to come down and see it herself and, uh, and to change the perspective on that decision. So huge credit to uh, Mayor Ed Holder. When you've 
developing something like this, and even the concept, and, and, and as you mentioned, of course, there was a, a temporary site on, downtown on King Street, uh, and now they're going to be moving over to York. Uh, do you anticipate the fact that this is going to be a long, drawn-out process because invariably is going to be pushed back and maybe even appeals? It seems, Doctor, that that happens in just about every community uh, when these sites are in there. Uh, and after the fact, you know, it's, it's people just seem to accept it, that this is a service that's being offered. And I think eventually they are, their eyes are open to the, to the services that are available and the positive impact it's having on community. Yeah, and I think... Um you know, maybe one of the reasons why it is positive that it takes so long to get to this phase is that there are sort of like stages of accepting this. And uh, I think we're at a place now where our community is very accepting. And that whole process of having a public dialogue, I think, shifted our community's perspective around people, you know, with addictions as being, you know, disposable to realizing that they're real citizens, that they're people, they deserve respect and love and services that are going to you know, improve their health just like everyone else does. Well, what I found is because we've done a number of pie part series on these over the last few years uh, with all sorts of people involved. And I know that, that there are different community groups in London that are involved in this process as well that are they're helping. But this is a coordinated effort right now uh, with with addictions, uh, with uh, HIV, AIDS, uh, so many other different things uh, that are involved in this. And, and these are all community groups that come together. This is this is not just a, a, a municipal endeavor. This is a community endeavor, isn't it? For sure, major community uptake here, and our partners have been incredibly positive. Um, you know, there are a lot of agencies with outreach mandates, and many of them instead are outreach staff can you know work a day a week in your aftercare room. Uh, so we have those those relationships, and the, the clients start to get to know the people who might be you know from addiction services or the indigenous worker, and they get to know them over time. And then when they're ready to make that move in their life and, and really change things. That's, um, the door is already open. It's, it's eye-opening, too, when you actually hear some of the studies. I know that uh, a couple of years ago on Global News, on the Global News at 5.30 on TV, uh, they actually talked about a couple of these individual cases. Uh, and, and these are people from all walks of life. I mean, the, the, the clients who will, will use these facilities, uh, they're professionals, uh, they're family people that, uh, for one reason or another, uh, have become addicted. Uh, it's often not a choice. It's it's something that happens uh, to them with their bodies. I mean, they could be something, you know, a chronic pain and, and get hooked on painkillers. It could be post-surgical, uh, any number of different things that can happen in a situation like this. And, and I know it sounds like a cliche, but I, I, if we've learned one thing, I guess, over the years, Doctor, it's that uh, this could happen anybody that's for sure uh, we've definitely seen that i mean there are people in our office that are affected in one way or another it really does uh, reach across all society I guess the other question here is, as we look at this, and, and as this facility uh, gets moves forward now, uh, is this going to suffice? Is this going to look after the needs of the community? You know, we've never said that this is the silver bullet. It's one part of the picture. Uh, we we have, uh, you know, there, there are always a need for more boots on the ground, more outreach, uh, because, you know, lots of times, People aren't ready to walk in through the door of, uh, you know, a, an institution, even if it is harm reduction oriented and very people centered. And so, the more we can get out onto the street and connect with people in their in their world, um, the more buy-in we'll get, and the more people will, will be able to uh, help onto other stages in life. And, and I, I guess part of this is education, and not just about you know who's 
being helped here in assistance like this, uh, but how they're helping them. And we just talked a second ago about the community outreach programs uh, that all work together on this. But uh, the services that are being offered, it's not just addictions treatment, uh, but there's counseling available to, for people that say, like, I need some help. Uh, we mentioned the HIV testing that's related to uh, uh, system navigation. Hey, I need some help from this. Who do I talk to? Oftentimes, uh, we've seen in the past, uh, people don't know where to turn or who to go to or try to get advice when they're trying to get some help. Uh, this is this is the, the center where they can go for this. Uh, it could be a housing situation, too. I mean, let's face it, they put themselves uh, through their addiction. They don't find themselves in a precarious position. Uh, there are people that can help that, too. It's 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 kind of a one-stop shopping for people that say, look, at, I need some help. Where do I go about this, this, and this? Uh, that's what those counselors are there for in these facilities. Absolutely. And, again, the wraparound services are the ones that really help people move on with their lives. Uh, and we've seen that time and again, and we get, you know, people who will come back to the center uh, at where the temporary site currently is and say, you know, th- you helped me six months ago, and this is where I'm at now in my life. Uh, we get people writing letters, you know, parents calling and saying, thank you, saved my child's life. It's uh, it's pretty dramatic to see um, the, the impact that this can have on some people. Well, and the fact that other communities have done this, and, and of course the Pampery site in London's already had some success too, and, and that's that's one of the keys, isn't it, Doctor? To know that there are success stories, that there are people that can help and, and can come out the other end here with the help of the community, and, and maybe the first step in that is for them to understand that there are people that want to help them. That's right, and the bonds that are built in that really intense and personal moment when people are using the site, uh, those become uh essentially the the currency with which we purchase the, the client's interest in other services. And if you can make a really good connection and, and the staff are really phenomenal at doing that, uh, then you become you can become an important person in, in that client's life and hopefully influence them when uh, they're they're able to, to move on. Well, we've seen the success in other communities. We've seen the success with the temporary site in downtown London, and now the fact that there's going to be a permanent site on York Street, I think, is, is great news for everybody involved. Uh, congratulations, of course, to Mayor Holder and the City Council and, and, and everybody who's been involved in this. And as you mentioned, Doctor, the great community partnerships that have been forged. Uh, it's a better community now because of a facility like this and uh, the support services. Uh, thanks so much for the time today, as always, Doctor, for uh, explaining this and, and shedding some light on this. I really, really, really do appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you, Bill. Take care. Dr. Christopher Mackey, Medical Officer of Health for Middlesex London Health Unit. And uh, finally, they get their permanent site uh, for this uh, very, very necessary uh, program. Series of programs, really, that are going to help people in that community. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.